Yo, 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 welcome back. Happy Friday, beautiful people. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast. Hold on. It's a Capper Chronicle production. I keep forgetting. I, I ain't did that all season, and I, I've been real disrespectful. It's the Capper Chronicle production because we do more than just the Bringing the Wood podcast here. There will be more productions coming soon. Stay tuned. Capper Chronicle Productions will be producing a lot of things coming out on YouTube in the future. But this right here, this the Bringing the Wood podcast, and I'm the host, D. Wood. And man, it's a football season. We had a real game that was throwing real passes, trying to get their names out there, trying to trying to trying to uh, cement their legacy, man, and, and start that journey. Some people trying to get it back going, but again, Hall of Fame game, Raiders Jags, it was lit. I enjoyed it. We are gonna get into that, but you know we are gonna start with the hoop. It's been real quiet on the hoop, but the biggest thing for starters is Brittany Griner being sentenced to nine years in prison, the Russian prison, for the uh, marijuana possession. I think it, it sucks, you know what I'm saying? I understand that's their rules and their regulations, but I still don't think the crime fit the time. But again, I'm not a Russian citizen. I don't know the Russian politics, so I can't get into that. I barely know our politics, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but I definitely think um, I definitely think it's a bigger ploy, you know what I'm saying? I think Russia, like, oh, okay, this is somebody y'all care about. Let's... Let's see what we can get from America. Everybody always trying to pilfer off of us, take something from us, because, you know, we always do what we do. So that's that. But I hate that she got to be stuck in the middle of this, man. And shit, she was over there just trying to make some money. You know what I'm saying? Trying to make a better living because the money ain't that good over here for her. So, you know, it's just like it's a lot of stuff that to me just, you know, it's just like, damn, that's cold game. But, um, you know, prayers. To Brittany Griner, her family, and um, you know everybody involved in that, and you know I hope the government do whatever they can to bring her home for real, for real, because that sucks. I don't think nobody, you know, I don't wish jail on nobody, so you definitely don't want to know somebody who truly don't deserve it. At least not no goddamn or nine years. So again, free Brittany Griner. But but in lighter news, do y'all remember Demari Carroll, small forward, journeyman, played for the Nets, the Hawks, Clippers, a couple teams, but uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He just actually signed with the Milwaukee Bucks as a coach, as an uh, official coach on Mike Budenholzer's staff for this upcoming season. So you'll actually see him on the bench in the suit, you know. And it's it's dope because for the people in my age group, in my era, you know, the 30-plus people, like now we're starting to see some of the players we watched play a full, come in as a rookie, leave out, now become, you know what I'm saying, coaches. And we're seeing it in multiple sports. So I just think it's definitely something dope. Uh, shout out to uh, Demari Carroll. You know, he played for the Nets. So, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully he uh, get on and parlay. And maybe in five, ten years, all of a sudden he a head coach somewhere. So definitely shout out to uh, Demari Carroll getting to uh, sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's a championship team. That's going to be good experience. And it'll look good on your resume in the future. So shout out to, to Carroll and any other coaches. And anytime coaches get signed from any sport, I'm going to definitely make it a present to be known because, you know, I don't know how much love they get, but they're going to get a little love on my platform. So, again, kudos to Carol. And if y'all was on the podcast with me last week, you remember Draymond broke the thing, broke the scene talking about if the Warriors don't pay him, you know, he going to leave. He don't mind leaving. I told y'all where I thought he was going to go. Now he didn't actually said that. He didn't actually came out and said it like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play with Brian. And we're going to go win a ring, you know? And I was talking to a few of the homies on uh on Facebook. And I was, um you know, having a conversation with them. And I was just telling them, like, I'm not saying Draymond is the best player on the Warriors. But 
I think it's bigger than just Draymond. I truly believe that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond is like, you know, one entity. Like, I don't think the Warriors will be good without all three of them. Obviously, Draymond, everybody probably can feel like, man, they get another Draymond. And it's like, in hindsight, maybe it looked like that on the stat sheet. But what he brings to the team, what he brings to the locker room, what he brings on the floor, he's like an extra coach on the floor. And not everybody is that type of player. So, Obviously, it's a ploy. You see, he was out hanging with Brian, even though him and Brian are really good boys. But I don't think he wants to lead the Warriors. I don't. I'm not. I don't think. I'm a hundred percent sure he does not want to lead the Warriors. But he understands that this is business. You know what I'm saying? And he understands that they got a lot of young talent underneath them. And you know, it's it sounds crazy, but it's usually it's usually better to cut them a year too early than a year too late. But uh, I I just don't think the Warriors win without. Any of those three dudes. So this is just Draymond happens to be the guy they saying gonna get traded. It's people talking about they should trade Clay and run with Poole. And I'm telling y'all, man, they need those three dudes. Like them dudes need to Tony Parker, Manu, and Timmy that thing. Like that's the type of bond they got. Like once Tim dudes separated, wasn't no more winning. Like that's the type of bond the Warriors got. Like that's what I think. So like I don't think that like I don't think it works without those dudes. And um, so I, I think they need all three. And that's why I say that like that. Like, if Draymond leaves, the Warriors won't win the ring. Obviously, it's still a high chance. You know what I'm saying? They still got, you know what I'm saying, a top five player in the world, Steph Curry. You still got Clay. You would still have Wiggins and Poole and Kaminga and Wiseman and, you know, and Looney. And they still got a talented team. You still got a great coach. Lost a lot of your coaching staff, but that's what happens when you win, you lose coaches. And that's kind of what's been happening. But Mike Brown left also. I think that's going to hurt a little bit on the defensive end because he's really a great defensive-minded coach. And he took a lot of he took a lot of the Warriors staff with him when he left to sack. So I think that'll hurt a little bit. But I, I, I definitely, I definitely don't don't think the Warriors want to let Draymond go. I don't think he wants to to be let go. I think that's the game he got to play. You got to let him know, like, I don't want to leave, but I ain't scared to. Like, you know, I know where to go to where I could go try to, you know, get my chance to go get another ring. So we'll stay tuned to that. Like you said, we still got a whole season to play out. You know what I'm saying? They could win another ring and ride off in the sunset and none of this matters because when those three dudes are on the floor, all healthy at the same time, they that good. They San Antonio Spur dynasty good. And that's me saying that. So that's what I mean by. The Warriors won't win without Draymond. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need him. It's it's that type of vibe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Vibe, I meant to say. It's that type of vibe. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? Don't think I'm saying Draymond the truth and then, you know what I'm saying? He out here going crazy. It's like, nah, but the, the, the way they operate, they just make everybody else fall into place. And it's just a smooth transition because you got it on every level. You got your guard, your, you feel me, your forward and your big. Well, Clay is a two, but, you know, he's right in between your wing player. So you got, you know what I'm saying? And I just like the way it works. So I definitely don't want to see that breaking up, broken up. As a Draymond fan, don't want to see that broken up. But as a Brown fan, you know I wouldn't mind Draymond and Brown rocking for at least a year or two. You know what I'm saying? And they mess around. They end up playing with Bronny, and all of a sudden we got a whole little show. But that's neither here nor there. They still got a whole season to play out. And it's on Draymond, you know, ball is in his court because he still got a, a player option. So. We'll stay tuned with that. And uh, my last little uh, hoop note before we get into some good footballing, because it's a lot to be talked about (laughs) in the last week or two. The last week, since the last time we talked, it's been a lot. So 
we'll get into that. But KD is expected to meet with our with our manager Josiah sometime this week, and that was said on what Tuesday, today Friday. They still ain't met, so I'm assuming if they ain't met already under the table because KD real quiet like that, and we just don't know. They're gonna probably meet over the weekend. And just as a, a Nets fan, I'm assuming it's going to be like a either KD going to come in there and say, hey, I still want out. We need to make this work. Or he going to say, hey, all right, we can we can chill, bro. I'm done. I see it ain't, you know, it ain't, it ain't like I thought it was going to be. Let's make it rock with the squad, which is kind of what I'm hoping. But at the same time, like I said, bro, as the Nets were balling our court, we got them for four years. Ain't no trade out there. All these trade partners, they ain't none of them been good enough. And I think that's just kind of where we at with it right now. We like, hey, blood. It ain't nothing we can do. It ain't nothing out there saucy enough. We know we're not going to get you back in the trade for you. But we ain't even getting close to you. So you're going to have to, uh, you know what I'm saying, get it together. And, and, and let's go ahead and try to win a ring and get this Brooklyn team going. You know, because I'm not sure if he upset that. Kyrie came back and he can't cut or that they didn't sign Kyrie to a long deal like him. It could be anything. It's Kevin Durant. So we won't know until he tell us. But those are those could be the reasons why he wanted out. Like either it was because they didn't pay Kyrie and lock him in long term like him. Or it could be because he thought Kyrie was finna dip. And if Kyrie would have dipped, he would have stayed. And then Kyrie opted back in. And he was like, man, I don't want to be here with him. But those are just kind of my two little scenarios. But again, we'll know hopefully over the weekend because the week is about up. It's Friday. So, like you said, they could either meet today, which will still be considered the week, or they're going to meet over the weekend and have a discussion to basically say what's the next moves for us because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to kind of put this past us, whether it's he's traded and we're getting ready to get this team rocking or we, we you know, we stand pat and we finna try to go back at this thing and not get our ass swept in the first round. So I'm, I'm definitely waiting on that. So we're going we gonna to see what that do. I'll keep y'all in tune with the Nets. Y'all already know. Uh, it's been real quiet on, on the Kings end, so I ain't got no Kings news, especially on the Donovan Mitchell end. But, man, if y'all somehow can pull out Donovan Mitchell, yeah, I know we talked about that a few weeks ago. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be big for y'all. And if y'all can do that without having to trade, you know what I'm saying, one of y'all big three, which would be Fox, Sabonis, or Murray, if y'all can trade anybody else, Plus a thousand picks, because technically right now y'all picks would be worth something. Then yeah, I like that too for the Kings. But like I said, it's all speculation right now. They're saying the Knicks the front runners to, to to land Donovan Mitchell, but until until they break that news, it, all of that is obsolete. But um, that's my little wrap up for hoop. Hoop been real quiet. Just wanted to speak on those few little things. But we're going to get the hoop. Y'all already know we're going to take a quick little intermission break. I'm going to drink some water, pay a bill, and we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back, everybody. It's your boy, D. Wood, and it's the Bringing the Wood podcast. And we had football last night, ladies and gentlemen. And we ain't letting no little rain delay stop us. Because football is back, ladies and gentlemen. We had real live football. A little rain delay ain't hurt nobody. Just, just kept the juices flowing and made the anticipation that much more exciting. But Raiders and Jags, they gave us a little something to look forward to, y'all. It was fun. It was fun. And y'all know I was already talking about the Raiders, the position battles I wanted to see. And uh, the Raiders looked impressive. And 
for starters, one of the position battles I wanted to see was offensive line. And that that starting unit that came out minus Colton minus minus uh Colton Miller, because he wasn't playing. But Leatherwood looked good at right tackle. He looked he looked good. Um even the third round rookie, uh Dylan Parham from, from uh Memphis, he looked good. He came in about third quarter, he looked pretty good. The offensive line looked pretty good. Trayvon Walker for the Jags ended up getting a sack on um who was that at left tackle? I think it might have been Jackson Barton. It might have been him. I have to go back and rewatch the film, but again, he's round one pick one. Yeah, one tackle, one sack, one tackle for a loss. I think he just played the first quarter. And um, that was a lot of their starting unit out there on the Jags. Starting offense didn't play a lot, but that was a lot of their starters on the defensive line, uh, just minus Josh Allen. So that was a lot of the Raiders starters too. So some of that was good work out there. So I definitely was was already talking about the uh, offensive line, and the offensive line looked a little better. Obviously, it's the Hall of Fame game. It's the first game. It's earliest preseason, but you still just want to see some continuity and blocking, and uh, they definitely were moving moving the Jags off of the ball. But um, I do want to highlight uh, Chase Garber, uh, the undrafted rookie out of Cal. He was a four-year starter at Cal. Started as a true freshman all the way through, and he looked good. Four for six, 35 yards, 80, uh, 81% completion percentage, almost 82%. He made a couple good throws on third down. He stayed in the pocket the whole time. He never rolled out or anything. He's actually pretty athletic. If you go put some tape on that cow, they even ran a little RPO stuff, and he, he's pretty athletic. But in that game, he stayed in the pocket. And I know they got Mullins and they got uh, Sid, uh, Stidham, who they traded for. But I liked it the way Garbers look. I don't know. He might end up being a practice squad arm, but he looked real poised in that pocket. He's going to get some more minutes, obviously, because it's preseason. That was just the first one. But, um, um, uh, hey, I liked him. And then Zamir White ran the ball well as a rookie. I talked about him last week when we talked about the Raiders. When I broke down, I told y'all he has a high chance to get a lot of carries because he's a physical runner. He even showed he can catch the ball. He had 11 carries. He even had three catches um, out of the backfield, too. And one of them was a nice little run on the screen. And, you know, that was one of the things he didn't really get to show at Georgia because you got uh, James Cook back there, and he was the receiving back. So I definitely, definitely liked uh, what he looked like. He definitely looked like he's going to get some carries. Josh Jacobs ended up getting five or six carries. He played two series. He looked good, too. He had some pop. Obviously, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he understands that. He has to prove it. You know what I'm saying? He's not secure. He, they only going to keep four running backs, tops. You know what I'm saying? It's the Patriots. You know how it's not the Patriots, but you know how they're going to do it. It's running back by committee. We don't really need a bell cow runner. You know, that that takes too much workload. We can just keep hitting them with a bunch of fresh legs for four quarters instead of just working one one dominant back all game. So I think he just kind of wants to see if if Josh will be accustomed and okay with taking that role. But if not, you know, he, he potentially not even make the roster. You know, don't be surprised if he gets cut. You know, and it's not because he's not good enough. It's not because he's not a good back. But it's like, we just don't fit our scheme. You're not going to do what we do. But if you watch him run the football, he looks good. It's like Damian Harris to me personally. Like, he fits the scheme. It's just, you know he's kind of good. And you're not going to be able to do what you want to do because you're going to keep him in. It's kind of one of those conflict of interest. Like, as much as I want to keep you, 
you're going to get in the way of these other guys. I want to do, do specific things like Kenyon Drake, who catch the ball out the backfield. Zemir White, who's a physical presence. Obviously, Brandon Bolden is going to make the team because he plays special teams. He's an ex-Patriot. So, you know, he, he has roles like that to stay on the roster. So he takes one spot. Zemir White, Zeus White, <laughs> takes a spot. And then you got potentially two spots left plus a practice squad spot. And the practice spot might go for uh, Austin Waters, who also had eight carries for over 50, 60 yards last night in a touchdown. So he is the, the sleeper guy I didn't even really talk about in this whole scenario. I had five running backs who all look decent, minus Keen Drake, but he's coming off an injury. So Josh Jacobs and Keen Drake, to me, are going to be battling. It's three and, and, and Walters, three dudes battling for two spots, and we'll see who, who makes it out. But definitely, they're only going to keep about four of those dudes. And then um, on the defensive end, I did like the way the secondary played a little bit. Not a lot of guys played. They were started out there with uh, Nate Hobbs and Darius Phillips. And um, they actually played well. Uh, Phillips dropped an interception. Uh, Deron Harmon played late, the ex-Patriot. I think he's going to play a lot of reps. He's going to be a veteran president back there. He recovered the fumble. Uh, Matthias Fairley. He played for the Titans, I want to say, last season or maybe the season before last. He had two or three big hits. He looks pretty good. He's going to probably – he can potentially pick up a special team role. Obviously, uh, Jonathan Abrams, he didn't pop out. He was much secure on his tackles, though. I don't think he had too many missed tackles. He still looks a little wild, but he was a little bit more – a little bit more secure, though, in the tackling. It ain't just all reckless abandon trying to go for the big hit. It's like just, just come and get the man on the ground. He looked a lot more fluid. Again, a lot of the big-name guys didn't play, so – you know, we're still going to wait on that because it was a Hall of Fame game. So that's kind of like an extra game now. So they kind of waited on that. But on the Jaguar side, uh, their rookie third-round pick, Chad Muma, four total tackles, two solo tackles. He looks pretty good out there playing in space. He is dropping in coverage. Um, he looks pretty good for a late-round pick. Uh, their other first-round pick, Devin Lloyd, didn't play. He's, coming, he's nursing an injury. So I definitely want to get a look at him, too. But uh, Luke Farrell, the second-year tight end at Ohio State, uh, he had a pretty decent game. Three catches for 43 yards on four targets. He was pretty good, too. But, again, this is more about the Raiders' offensive line. Obviously, Trayvon Walker looked good. He had a little impression, two, two or three pressures, even though one was a penalty. But the Raiders' offensive line definitely looked good, even – with the rotational players. And like I said, it's preseason, so I wasn't I'm not saying they're gonna ball out like this. But they showed cohesiveness, they were in sync, they were in tune, they were together, they moved as one. That shows well for, you know what I'm saying, this being early in the season Hall of Fame game. You know what I'm saying? It it, it showed well. Good good stepping, good viewing, good first day out for the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? We already expected them to play well, even though none of the guys that are gonna make them play well. We're out there. We still want to see the Raiders play well because we expect them to because of the team they got. So kudos to the Raiders and Jags putting on a good game for us. But also in other news, Jimmy G has been cleared to throw. Uh, He's going to start throwing. He's already started throwing, throwing, because this was earlier in the week. So he's already been throwing. Um, I got to go and I got to go check to see how they're going to do it. I'm not sure if he's going to actually be running practice with the squad like I'm not sure if he's going to be running plays with the second or third unit or anything like that I think he's just kind of going to be off doing scripted throws getting the arm right you know what I'm saying showing teams that he can throw the football so maybe he can get a last minute trade partner or if not showing teams he can throw for when he hit this free agency market 
because come week one, if he's still on the roster, he gets $24 million. And I don't think the Niners want to pay $24 million for a backup quarterback. So I'm assuming he thought they're going to be traded or cut before week one. So you definitely need this throwing time so that you can see what he can do. Watch him throw, see how the shoulder looks, see if it thrown off any of his mechanics. And um, again, like I said, there ain't a lot of teams out there that need quarterbacks. But my number one team, I keep saying, is the Washington Commanders. I know they got Carson Wentz. He's supposed to be, you know, the savior, Captain Carson, Commander Carson, or however they said it on his little presser when he first got there. But, man, I just think the injury got him shook. They get Jimmy in there. I think Jimmy could do something with those weapons, that running back, that scheme, that defense. Obviously, we know Seattle. I'm just saying Seattle's the, the one that... Everybody knows, but outside of Seattle, because Pete Carroll keep making it seem like he's sold on uh, Geno and Drew having at it. And I got a whole other theory about why he's doing that. So that's neither here nor there. But again, definitely uh, think the commanders and the Seahawks definitely are like two of the teams. Obviously, the Giants. I don't think the Giants are going to be good enough anyway to where you would even want to put Jimmy on. That team, like you kind of just going to want to let if Daniel Jones is sticking it up, you're going to let him stink it up the rest of the year, get good draft position, draft a high quarterback. But I also um, I also think that they definitely, like you said, they definitely want to get him out of there before it gets too close to that, even to that point, because that just put more pressure on them to either take whatever somebody off from or just cut them. Because you definitely don't want him breathing down Trey Lance's neck all year. Because Trey going to make some mistakes. He ain't played football, meaningful football in a while. Or uh, enough of it. You know what I'm saying? I think he played in two or three games last year. But he ain't played enough meaningful football for a long period of time. So mistakes will be made. And you don't need Jimmy behind him. And the 49er faithful calling for Jimmy. Calling for Trey to sit down another year. Because, you know, he's going through growing pains. And that's going to come with it. But that's why you resign Debo and... You get Elijah and Sherman and you get these offensive linemen and Kittle. And you get all these guys around to make it easier on them. So that way, when he comes in, come week one, the transition is, is so much smoother for him. But again, I'm going to keep you all posted on Jimmy G for sure because I definitely want to see where he goes. Again, it could be a surprise team out there that we're not even thinking about. You know, I'll drop an, I'll go really search and look harder and see if it's another team or two out there potentially that he can go to and maybe sneak on there. But I definitely uh want that to be done with too, cause like you said, bro, you got Trey Lance out there. You really want him to focus in, and you don't need no distractions. And this could turn into a, a distraction quickly. <laughs> and speaking of distraction, Deshaun Watson, he uh. Had his verdict. They suspended him for six games. Well, that's what the what the lady, what the judge uh, ruled on her favor. She ruled for six games, even though she said this was uh, unnormal behavior, unnormal pattern. She said this was some of the most uh, unnormal pattern she's seen in all of the evidence she looked over before she took this case. But she still only gave him six games. Obviously, I I, I I ain't really tripping neither here nor there. I I, I thought he was going to get maybe 8 to 12. I still feel like that's where he'll end up at. If not, because, you know, I feel like if you once you get into it with the NFL and you try to go against the NFL, it's hard to win. So the NFL appealed that, as you know, 
they like, nah, he need more than six. So they're about to go to court. But the kicker with that is, as we all know, if it goes, if this court goes into the season, he don't got to sit out those six games. He can play meaningful football games until until it's time. You know what I'm saying? Until he gets his suspension permanent or whenever they're going to say whether he gets suspended for games or not. It's kind of how it happened with Zeke. He's supposed to be suspended for eight games. Uh, he fought it, and then he ended up playing like the first eight games before he got suspended the next six games. So, you know, it can happen like that for him too, but you don't want to do that and mess around and you get suspended and you start missing playoff games because you can cost you know your team a lot. But again, I ain't gonna get too deep into that. That's still that's still ongoing, as I should say. And um we gonna see how that turned out. Again, uh, I don't have no horse in that race. I definitely uh you do the crime, you do the time. I'll just kinda <laughs> leave it at that. But I, I definitely uh yeah, I definitely don't want nothing to do with that. Cause that's definitely something you don't play around with in his situation. So, you know, I hope that we get the right decision and the best decision, whatever that outcome may be. But we got some real scandal that's real and it's out and the facts came out and they was telling and they was telling it all. And Miami was out here cheating and cheating, cheating, cheating. And it just it's just even crazy how Brian Flores said what he said. And then they go in to investigate what Brian Flores said about being bribed to play, I mean, bribe to tank, bribe to lose games. He literally said that. And they go do research, and not only they, you know, kind of, and I'll get deeper into that, kind of find out he was telling the truth. They find out that before Tool was there, before Flores was there, they was tampering with Brady in New England and Sean Payton. In New Orleans, before they was off of their respective teams, before they were on the market, trying to get them in. So that's where they, the initial suspension comes in. And the owner got suspended until August, not August, but October 17th. So a couple months, he'll miss a few games. $1.5 million, he ain't going to feel that. He's going to make that back in revenue. And then they lost a first-round pick in this year's draft and a third-round pick in next year's draft. And that's all for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton right before they drafted Tua and signed Brian Flores. No, that's 2019, 2018, 2018, 2019. But what I really want to get into is how Brian, it's all started with Brian, Brian, coach Brian Flores, who was the head coach of the Dolphins. He started off by writing a letter to the Dolphins organization, the higher-ups, and the NFL saying, hey, I was offered $100,000 uh, per game by uh, Mr. Ruse, the owner of the Dolphins, to tank. And he writes out this, you know, he writes it out, and they go to court. And let me, let me I'm going to just, let me see, let me go read it. Uh, reading is fundamental. Let me see if I can pull it up. If there's a way I can pull this up. Give me one second. We're going to get this together. I want to make sure I pull this up. Yes, sir. I got it right here. So this is Brian Flores statement post. This is what he said after everything happened. And they basically ruled that what he said was 
true, but was said jokingly. So he said, I am thankful that the NFL investigators found my factual allegations against Stephen Ross. Factual allegations against Stephen Ross are true. At the same time, I'm disappointed to learn that the investigators minimized Ruse's offer and pressure to tank to tank game, especially when I wrote and submitted a letter to the Dolphins executives documenting my serious concerns regarding the subject at that time, which the investigator has in her possession. While the investigation found that the Dolphins had engaged in impermissible, impermissive tampering of unprecedented scope and severity, Mr. Ross will avoid any meaningful consequences. There is nothing more important than when it comes to the game of football than its than itself and its integrity of the game. When the integrity of the game is called to question, the fans suffer and football suffers. So, again, the judge ruled that Ruse, Mr. Ruse did say to Coach Flores that I'm giving you, I would offer you $100,000 to lose games. But he basically said that it was a joke. And that because no actual tanking took place, that he doesn't get in trouble for that. And that's where, to me, where the problem lies. And here's some more. Uh, this is uh, what the, uh, what the uh, investigators were saying. The investigators add also whether the Dolphins initially lost games during the 2019 season to improve clubs' draft position and whether Mr. Ross offered financial incentives or otherwise encouraged head coach to do so. The Dolphins did not initially intentionally lose games during the 2019 season. No, the Dolphins didn't intentionally lose games in the 2019 season because Flores told him, no, I'm not going to intentionally lose. I really want to win. Continue. Nor did anyone in the club, including Mr. Ross, who instructed Claude Flores to do so. The Dolphins competed hard to win every game. Yes, because Coach Flores didn't tank because he didn't want to tank. Even though they're saying in the facts, in the papers that we all can go look at that I have right here, that he said it to him, to he said it to the team president and CEO, Tom Garfinkel, also general manager Chris Greer, senior vice president Brandon Shore, and Coach Flores. So he told all of them this. But I guess he said it jokingly, so that's why it didn't matter. And that's why Blind Forest said, I'm thankful that y'all did uh, put to notice that he did say these things to me. But I'm disappointed that y'all took it as a joke and saying that he was being funny. And again, that man was not being funny. Don't know owners joke about, you know, I guess, you know, and teachers don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. But like, man. Y'all can go look through these are the documents that was posted by the judge and arbitrator uh, for the Dolphins in the Flores case with the tampering and with the uh, the discrimination. And then Flores tried to double back after this case and put in a discrimination policy against the NFL, but they denied it, saying, hey, leave this alone. This is what it is. They They said this, that, leave it alone. And that's why the Dolphins came out. And even in the face of being told tampering, I didn't even want to pull that tweet up because I didn't want to, uh, or post it because I didn't really want to read it because it really felt like a slap in the face. And you can go look it up. The Dolphins, uh, you know, post posted basically his owner saying that even in the face of being uh, 
uh, caught tampering because you got in trouble for it. He still was like, I still never told him to tank. Like, and still mentioned Coach Flores' name. And, like, it was just like I felt like he was trying to say, ha, you did all this. And I still didn't get in trouble for that. Like, not caring that he got in trouble for something else. You're still uh, compromising the integrity of the game. And I feel like the NFL got let this man off lightly. And I feel like more things like this happen. And I'm glad Coach, Coach Flores said something. But what sucks about this is... The only way Coach Flores would have got justice, the way I'm hearing it, is if when he told when he when Mr. Ruse, Mr. Ross offered Coach Flores $100,000 per game to tank, and Coach Flores would have been like, "Yeah, give me that bread. I'm finna go lose the next ten games and make a, and, you know what I'm saying, and make a nice million dollars off of you." And then all oh, this would have came out. Coach Flores would be booted out the league and exiled, and everybody would coach again. And are we even sure that the Dolphins owner would have been? Forced to give up the team? I hope he would have, but like all that would have had to happen for Flores to get exactly what should have happened. And that was justice and real justice. And as much as we can say justice is served, bro, justice wasn't really served. And I really feel like they got over on Flores. And I, I really, really, really dislike that and hate that that happened to him like that. That's, that's, yeah, man. And like just reading that stuff and seeing how it happened and like literally y'all saying he literally said out of his mouth, yeah, y'all, you should tank. I'll give you a hundred thousand to tank. And then to turn around and say, yeah, it was a joke. Like that's, that's how I read it. When you, when you read it, it don't say it like that. But like when you read it, that's basically what he said. Like, you know what I'm saying? He said it to him. He said it to multiple people. All right. That sound like he, that sound like a problem to me. That's not like he don't need to run a team because at no point should you should ever put that out. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to do that, you keep that to yourself as an owner. You don't tell nobody. You just It just happens. Ain't no way you 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 tank like that, man, and tell your coach you'll give him $100,000, and now Brian Flores gets fired. He the scapegoat. You know what I'm saying? And now he, he, he be, you know, he's trying to bounce back. He a linebacker coach and like a defensive consultant on the Steelers. Hopefully he get another chance. Uh, he get another chance to bounce back and get another head coaching job because, like, now you see all of this stuff and it's like, man, he was sabotaged. They didn't want you. They wanted Sean Payton. They wanted Brady. Like, they didn't want nothing to do with you, but you were just, you was, we couldn't get Sean Payton, so we'll take a Belichick protege, you know. All right, we'll get to it. We wanted Brady. We was going to trade all these picks in to get Brady or sign Brady, but he went with the Bucks, And, you know, that's, like, man, that's crazy, and he going to get away with that, you know. So, you know, I ain't, I, I, again, but I'm not surprised. It's just kind of how the NFL operates. They're going to always protect the shield. And I ain't hating. Y'all do what y'all got to do, but it, it just sucks. You know what I'm saying? That it got to happen like this. And you know what I'm saying? Flores got to, you feel me, be on the, on the, get a, caught on the bad end of this. Because he was he did nothing wrong. He went out there and still tried to win games, knowing he had an owner against him and probably more people than that inside of that organization against him. And he still went out there and was winning eight games and nine games and turning the Dolphins team around. And they won seven games last year in the midst of all of this. You know what I'm saying? And would have won more. I feel like if Tua would have stayed healthy and if all of this Tua talking, Deshaun Watson getting traded for, if all of this wasn't going down, I think he would have been even better. But, you know, they got a new coach in there and, he, he should make it work. And, you know, winning going to cure all this. So if the Dolphins start winning, everybody going to forget what, what, what Mr. Ross said. And he'll be a great person for hiring McDaniels and trading to get Tyreek Hill. And it'll be all praises to him. So 
I just think it kind of sucks, and I really hope Coach Flores bounced back after this because, man, as much as justice was served, again, like I said earlier, man, justice was not served for Coach Flores, but congratulations to the piece of victory you got. It's a step in the right direction. And, man, so, you know, preseason officially kick off live and direct next week. We got a bunch of games going down left and right. Um, You know what I'm talking about? My Titans play the Ravens. I'm definitely going to be in tune in for that. I'm looking to see our, our, our offensive line, who we walk out there with our first unit. Will Taylor LeJuan get some reps? I know he's an OG vet, so he might not. We got a lot of youngsters who, who need to play and get reps. So, you know, we gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' see y'all and it'll be a lot of games played. So next Friday when I tune in, I'll be able to go over some games, highlight a couple rookies that showed out. Obviously I'm gonna talk about the Niners, the Raiders, and the Titans. Cause y'all know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? we y'all know that from the get down from the from the gate. They gonna get their piece. But again, y'all see I'ma bounce around and talk about other teams and everybody gonna get their fair share. So, you know, everybody, all the fans of other teams out there, when your teams do things and they pop, you're going to get in on that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody going to get their chance to rep their team and speak their peace to me. Matter of fact, speaking of speaking peace, last week's episode, y'all know we was talking about the Cowboys, and I had them finishing second in the division. I had somebody call me, call, the, call my app and leave me a message. Because of what I said about that Cowboys. So I'm about to play the message. And then I'm going to speak on I'm gonna speak on it. T- listen to this. Listen to this. The second place team in the NFC East? Nigga, you lost your mind. <laughs> As we see, another fellow upset Cowboy fan mad at my predictions. Hey, man. I'm just speaking facts, man. I'm I'm looking at what y'all did in the offseason, or, or better yet, what y'all didn't do. You know what I'm saying? Y'all tried to upgrade the receiver position. Well, not upgrade it. Y'all tried to add to it because y'all lost Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. You got Michael Gallup coming off of uh, ankle surgery. He going to miss the start of the season. Y'all signed James Washington from the Steelers. He just uh, broke a bone in his foot. He finna miss six to ten weeks. So there go another one of y'all receivers. You got C.D. Lamb finna take over as the one. You got uh, Malachi Brown, who's been there for a few years from Ohio State. Uh, the, the rookie from South Alabama, Jalen Toler, um, he going to get a lot of reps. We're going we gonna to see what he's going to do. But again, no Randy Gregory. This is why I picked y'all to go fall to second in the division. This ain't no diss to the Cowboys. I'll say this. The Eagles have a better team, but the Cowboys have a better quarterback. Now, if Jalen Hurts makes that step that we think he can make, you know what I'm saying, then all of a sudden that could be something different. But the Cowboys still have a chance because they got the better quarterback, man. And that quarterback, quarterback it matters in the league unless your team just dominating, dominating defensively. And the Eagles do have a defensive unit that could look like potential dominate, dominate with all the additions they made. Again, this is why I got the Eagles pointed upwards. And the Cowboys pointed down. Y'all did just sign Anthony Barr to a one-year deal. I think he'll help out a lot. He'll be able to help y'all, uh, you know what I'm saying, definitely covering tight ends, running backs off the backfield. And he can blitz from the linebacker. And that way, when you put Michael Parsons down at the edge for some plays to have him rushing off the edge with Demarcus Lawrence, you can play Anthony Barr and the young guy Cox and, uh, and uh, the Wolf. Uh, you can play all of them. 
and let Micah rush sometime when he's not playing middle backer. But don't make Micah just be a pass rusher. I just think he's too talented. I think he's kind of got like that Devin White type of thing where he could literally get you 10 sacks from middle. Playing middle linebacker, he could blitz and get sacks, beat guards. He's really, really strong. He's got good hands, great base. He actually got pass rush moves, so I think he can be a great blitzer for middle linebacker. Of course, you're still going to put him on the edge on obvious passing downs. It's not, a, you know, it helps open up other things, other blitzing uh, apparatuses, you know what I'm saying, for when you put him and Lawrence on the edge coming off, off the edge of screaming, you can, you know what I'm saying, you can also blitz up the middle because they're going to have to help coming off the edge with Parsons and Lawrence. So, again, Cowboys got a chance. You've seen it was a close one. But I just think Philly has made strides and, even made the playoffs last year, and they only got better. So again, I respect. I respect what you said. You know, you a fan. You are a cowboy fan. So, you know what I'm saying. And that's that was uh Rick from the Rap Sheet. Man, tune in to the Rap Sheet report on the Anchor app. Y'all can listen to his podcast too. He talks sports, life, health, wealth, and all that good stuff. So you know, shout out to him for for calling in and and, and speaking on his Cowboys. And if any of y'all. Want to shoot me some questions, comments, anything I speak on. If I ever speak on your team badly or I don't speak on your team enough, you can go on the Anchor app and message me. Send me a voicemail. I play it on air as you can see. Get time. We can talk about it, man. And, you know, once my uh situation get better, I'm going to have you on the show because I'm only going up from here. Capra Chronicle Productions is about to, we're about to make our comeback, and it's going to be better than ever. The, the Bringing the Wood podcast is about to get going. You know what I'm saying? Chef and Washaba about to get jumping on YouTube from Camper Chronicle Productions. So just, just stay tuned with me. Uh, roll with me. I'm going to start having a lot of guests on. Like I said, I got a lot of a lot of people that want to get on the show. And I think it's going to be good to have somebody on here with me. Give me some banter back and forth, some other ideas and opinions. So I'm going to definitely have a lot of guests. Even maybe even the co-host, man. You know, and get this thing going, going. When I get the live podcast going on, when I get the live YouTube podcast going, and you can actually see us and... You know what I'm saying? Doing my thing. So, again, to the Cowboy fans out there, to anybody else, y'all know, man, get on the Anchor app, hit me, tap in, send your questions, your comments, or your concerns, man. Let me know. I got y'all. And if I got enough time on the show, you will be heard. It's all good. Y'all already know it's your boy. And, again, this the Bringing the Wood podcast. I'm the host, D. Wood. And y'all know what I just did. I just brought the wood. See ya. Happy Fuck Work Friday. <laughs>